Infections are infectious Like a dog scratched ear But pleasure is high Welcome to the Box Tunnel Survivors Group, a place for those affected by the issues raised in the TV show, Being Human. Hello, oh, I've just seen a fox. There you go. I thought I'd go all Adam Buxton in introducing this episode and do it while I'm roaming about. But I didn't take my dog to London, so no no dog action, just fox action. Um, I have just got back from the BFI event at South Bank. It is, what is it, quarter past five in the morning and I've just got off the bus. The bus, when I left my town this morning, was 45 minutes late, so I was sitting in the cold for 45 minutes and then spent about five and a half hours on the bus the bus on the way home that was due to leave at 11 o'clock was uh well i left after 12 midnight and it's just got in home now but the problem is uh there's no taxis available for about an hour or so and there's no buses because it's sunday until about eight o'clock so now i've got to walk two and a half miles from the center to my house and I'm very tired I haven't slept for over 24 hours and I think this is going to be a quick bonusy kind of seasonally but not episode uh, talking about the BFI event on Saturday the 17th of December uh, Toby Whithouse, Damien Maloney, Jason Watkins and my mind has gone honestly I'm really tired <laughs> um, that was it Kate Bracken couldn't make it because she had COVID unfortunately um, so yes uh, why we'll talk to two or three people about the event and we'll have a quick catch up and a quick chat about it I don't know how many yet because I'm going to ruin the illusion uh, that's not been recorded yet and I need to get home and sleep but it will be recorded and send help so without further ado let's get into the chats with the honorary old ones while I hopefully don't just pass out in a gutter somewhere now for a first on the podcast I'm joined by two honorary old ones uh, previous guests on the show Alice hello Alice hello and Hannah Hiya! Hiya! <laughs> uh, so you both, like me, attended the event on Saturday, uh, 17th at BFI South Bank. Before we get onto that, we need to be very British. We need to talk about how we got there through rail strikes, through weather, snow, ice, and did you get home okay? I mean, uh, yeah, so I originally I booked a train immediately after um, buying the tickets. Um, and then about two days after booking those tickets, it was announced that there was rail strikes. Um, so then had this panic of, oh my goodness, um, what do I do? So then booked a coach and fortunately I did get there. It took um, five hours, yeah. but it was well worth it. Did you get your money back on the trains? 
I haven't actually attempted that yet, um, uh, but I will do yeah. because it wasn't too expensive. But oh yes. And Alice, you made it okay. Yeah, I uh, booked a train straight away as well, and then I kind of I didn't book a coach after I saw the uh, train strikes, but I found out like a couple of days before that my train had been cancelled, and I ended up having to get one train, then a bus for about an hour, and then get another train. So it took a bit longer, but I did get there okay in the end. But Alice, as you pointed out. A train strike, surviving a train journey on the way to a being human event is probably quite ironic. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it was like, well, I don't think the box tunnel uh, bus replacement service would quite have the same thing to it. <laughs> <laughs> so I was probably a bit safer than for that part of the journey. That's a new podcast name the box tunnel bus replacement service. All right, so before we get on to the actual events of Saturday, it was a lot of... When this was announced about, I don't know, it must have been about six or seven weeks ago, we weren't sure what it was going to be as such because they had a picture of, initially, the original trio, didn't they? So I guess most of us thought that it'd be at least one person from the original trio, there'd be an episode from probably Series 1 or Series 2, and then, literally about a week before they announced... Uh, it was going to be Damien Maloney and Jason Watkins and Kate Bracken. Now, unfortunately, Kate Bracken couldn't make it because I think she had COVID that night. So then our rumour mill amongst our fandom went, what are they going to show? What are they going to show? And we started sending ourselves absolutely mad with what episode they were going to show. And I think we were all happy in the end. I think we were all going to pretty much deciding whether it's going to be making history or the last broadcast, which was the final ever episode. Yeah, I mean, I know um, we were talking beforehand uh, about what episode it was going to be, and I was saying, oh, you know, if it's if it's making history, I will cry. Like, that's one of my favourite ever episodes. I did not cry, but I did <laughs> feel very emotional when they announced it. Like, I was sitting next to um, Lauren, another, another fan, and... Um, I was just like, oh my gosh! It's it's as soon as as soon as Toby started talking about like um, it being sort of a mix match of timelines. Yeah. Immediately, we all knew. Okay, yeah, this is going to be me. <laughs> and then when he said, "Oh, well, I haven't actually mentioned what episode it is. It's making history," and a few people went, "Yes, <laughs> yes." <laughs> I was definitely one of those, uh, including yeah. Elizabeth, who I was sitting Elizabeth next to, who was almost clapping. That like sort of almost didn't dare hope it would be yeah it was such a, a smashing episode to see on a big screen as well yeah i just think that's that's one of the main reasons i wanted it to be making history i mean uh the host sorry was it ruby her name was ruby yeah yeah the, the host kind of said in one of her intros part of the reasons she's doing the in dreams are monsters is part of it's vampires monsters ghosts werewolves and other things like that but also there's that episode has that element to it it has tom transforming it has the evil dark side of Hal, and it also is just a very cinematic big very big moments in it and i just thought that would just perfectly on the big screen and it introduces you know it has this transformation of a human into a ghost as well it has every part of that supernatural journey yeah and i guess had kate bracken been able to be there it's it's 
her first big moment mm. moments really in the show, isn't it? It's so where she joins the show properly. Like obviously she appears in the episode before that, but it's when she becomes a ghost. Yeah, absolutely. So we were all pleased. It was um, making history. Now there is a nerd amongst us, Alice. <laughs> it's true that you were writing notes while the Q and A yeah. was going on. I was um, so I ended up like sat over on a row all on my own on like the right hand side. So I was a bit. I didn't get the front row seats like you guys, but I was often kind of able to sit with my little notebook and <laughs> try and jot everything down as much as I could. Although I can't really read my handwriting. <laughs> Well, we'll go. We'll go with my little notes and your notes as well. But one of the first things, like Toby said, that I found really interesting was that if he had come up with an actual supernatural show, then it wouldn't have been being the being human that we love. Yeah, we got a little bit more of information, didn't we, about how it started? Because I kind of heard the anecdotes about it being like a house share before and, and people having these like anger management issues. Hmm. But he sort of went into it about a little bit more about how it started off. It was just three university friends and it started a little short film as well at the same time. I hadn't heard that before. Yeah, about the whole, like, it was a sort of, what was it, a werewolf rom-com? Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, that's, that was new. <laughs> yeah, but he said, he said uh, I think it because the scripts weren't going very well and as the, me- as the meeting ended, he just said, well, what if George was a werewolf? And they kind of said, well, at least, and then he said, at least we've got something for the first episode. So then they tried a sitcom-y based thing with George as a main character. But then he, he, Toby kind of admitted he was apologising for it because it seemed like such a naff premise and the jokes weren't landing and it wasn't working. He was kind of being apologetic for it. Yeah, I think he went into, I think he was saying like how he went into it more as a sort of like a genre, like comedy, yeah, making fun of it rather than focusing on actually like um, the character's side of it, um, which is part of what makes being human so great. Yeah, and also, and I I know you said this in interviews before and you, you mentioned it again on the night, is life isn't, we don't fit ourselves into categories and genres in life, do we? We, you know, we we have, we're a mix of everything every day, and so many much happens. We're not horror one day, comedy the other, sci-fi dystopian. Although, you know, depending on how bad your day's been, we you know we go f- we go through lots of different things every day. We don't we can't pigeonhole ourselves into categories. So it's really daft to just say in anything, in music, in TV, in films, to say this is this, and this this has to stay in its lane. Yeah, it's okay. huge, hugely limiting that way. So, yay for Toby for realising that. <laughs> Jason Watkins made like a good point as well, didn't he? he? Sort of said like in reality, people always do tend to make jokes at their like horriblest moments mm. in life. Mm. Yeah, like humour is a as a crutch, really. It's you know, it's it's, it's a also a coping coping mechanism, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's no secret, but he, he openly said. I loved playing Herrick. <laughs> yeah. like, I can't understand how you would not love playing Herrick. I mean, what a fantastic character. Yeah, and and but he, he's there was a question where I think it was the host Ruby that said, "In you know, could Herrick ever be redeemed? Say if he lived in a house with Annie, which I think would be the weirdest house share sitcom <laughs> in the world." Could he ever be redeemed? And he was just like, no. 
He, he can't. I mean, I guess you see that sort of in series three, that even though he has absolutely no idea he's a vampire, he has no memory, he is still intrinsically a, a bad person. Yeah. Yeah, and they, no, they touched on his appearance in series three, and I guess he, he in series one, he loved playing the out there, confident, evil vampire but he's he touched on series three and said well i could play what is herrick now is he has he really lost his mind is he playing his playing a game is he really ill what is he doing and he could play on that as well but even though like all that was going on you could still see him loving playing that performance and loving winding everyone up it just gave him like a whole yeah like say a whole new area to explore but still keeping that part of like herrick at his core yeah absolutely and then he did come up with a story about when uh he was resurrected in series two and he was he was came from the ashes of the ground now on tv that looks like they're in the middle of nowhere but it turns out that was in the middle of a park in bristol in broad daylight and he was wearing a dignity pouch what I loved was the uh, there was a local old people's home as well. He said yeah. out, out for their daily walk at the same time as that was being filmed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would have loved to have been a fly on that. Well, well hang on, hang on. You would have loved to have been a fly on his dignity pouch. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. I've got some image in my head now. Bloody hell. <laughs> Oh dear, right. Um, so we'll, talk, uh, we'll get on Damien now. Uh, apart from pissing blood, we'll, over, we'll, over, we'll overlook that story. Um, what really surprised me, what Damien said, he, we just talked about the audition process and he was also doing a play up in Leeds. Shout out to Leeds. Whoop, whoop. And he was basically covered in blood every night in that and then he came down and did a Being Human audition. But what surprised me most about that, he said after he got the job, within three weeks, he was on set in the tweed suit. That's, that blows my mind that it was that quick. Yeah, I have no idea like whether that was a slight exaggeration, but I doubt, I doubt it was like a huge one. And no. that is a, that's so quick. We you... never did find out, did we? He said he got sent like 10 DVDs of iconic vampire films to swap up on how beforehand. I would love to know what films they were. Yeah, but I... Yeah. I, I, I my biggest thing with that is like... Obviously, there's a thing between series and four, series three and four, and lots of things changed. And I'm fascinated by the process and the timings, but we'll never know that. But series four would have been written, it would have been planned where they're filming for the first few weeks, everything, and they might not have had two or three cast members about three or four weeks before they started filming. Yeah, that's true. And because um, I think was it his first day on set. I remember from something else that it was with Sam Lakari, and it was the the push in the um, pushing yes. Leo's cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they also touched. I think it was a question from one of the members of the audience of, on the relationship between vampires and their recruits. They mentioned Herrick and Kara, but they also mentioned. Hal and Cutler. So there was a lot of praise from Toby and and Damien on Cutler's before uh, Andrew Gower's performance as Cutler as well. 
Yeah, and I think um, something Toby said was about that, because somebody asked at the end to, for them to talk more about Cutler, and he said that um, he couldn't remember how much Andrew Gower knew about like what Cutler's sort of out plans were, because he, he was still writing the script when mm. they were filming. Yeah, so how, how could he be playing it that deviously if he didn't know what the outcome was? reason why i love making history so much because it really is like a cutler episode i oh, i love i love him so much andrew <laughs> gower does do a fantastic job damien said i think he hinted that he was a bit intimidated by andrew's performance because obviously damien's new this is his first ever uh, you know tv show he's doing and then he's got Which that opposite incredible. yeah yeah um, Going back to the um, thing about the relationships, like they were talking about the relationships between vampires and their makers, I thought it was interesting as well that Jason Watkins brought up about the, the deleted scene that they'd tried to do about Herrick's beginnings. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And we sort of found out on the blog about that it was petty. And it was, I just thought it was good that he he still wanted, like, he still wanted to, that to have been able to have been filmed and obviously showed, like, he still got an interest in it. Yeah. The fact that he remembers that, because like even yeah. when we were talking amongst some of the bloggers at the end, like even some of um, like us, we didn't re- remember that. I think wasn't me and you, Alex, who were like, yeah. yeah, it was yeah, it was Hetty. Yeah, and I think me and Sue went, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hetty, the great mystery that runs throughout being human, really, isn't she? Old Hetty with her drawing ponies and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she's a character Toby obviously wanted to keep getting in, so that, and he's just finally managed it in series five. Yeah. She just pops up all, all the time. Uh, her, her actress changes multiple times. No, it's the same person. Don't ruin the illusion. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, there was also a question, I think this was from a member of the public, on uh, to Damien about how's OCD. And he said a really interesting thing. I haven't Googled this person yet. He said when he's tapping the domino, he's tapping out the name of someone called Hal Holbrook. Yeah, was it that on what he was tapping on his fingers? Yeah. As well? was like, oh, yeah, that's out. it. Yeah. And, and the fit. Oh, yeah. Like when you get, um, there's a scene when he goes up to meet the old ones or look at the old ones and he's, do, he's doing that with his fingers. Yeah. The other thing I, on that sort of similar subject is only said about the um, the dominoes that they were set up two weeks yes. before it needed to be filmed. Yeah. And that they had to like tiptoe around set. That I found that really interesting. I just I wonder. I did have to wonder why they were set up so far in advance. Yeah, those poor the poor people who must have spent, like put those up, just knowing that any movement could just. Complete devastation. <laughs> uh, but another question was about ghosts and how Toby wrote ghosts. And this was, I think, one of the most interesting things of the night. He said that he found writing the ghosts the most difficult aspects. Out of the three vampire werewolves and ghosts, he found the ghosts the most difficult to write. Yeah, and he said, like, he sort of tended to lean into the comedy aspect. When yeah. it was a ghost-led episode, because like the, both Lenore Clitchlow and uh, Kate Bracken were really good at that, and then kind of having to pair them with a more experienced ghost as well as to have something different. 
Yeah, and he said at some stage, you can't just have Annie popping up in the house and going, oh, there's a ghost again. She needed to <laughs> be visible. <laughs> that's what he said, yeah. <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> Is that in your notes? Ding dong, who's yeah. a ghost. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, she had to progress and she had to get out of the house and have her own stories going on. Something else, is, I think he's like I said before, but the fact that he has the same musical taste as Gilbert. <laughs> so he puts some of his own sort of jokes in to cater to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, someone asked him about also about fan reaction about certain things and the, the blog was mentioned. And he's he, he's gone back to his ma- he goes back to his mantra of like don't give the fans what they want give them what they need, and he ca- he came up with something very interesting in terms of in series four, he came up with two things, one he thought the fans were not like this they'll kick off about this, and the other he thought they'll get away with, and it actually ended up the other way round to what he was thinking, the toxic werewolf blood, he thought nobody's going to kick up about that. That's absolutely fine. Why wouldn't t- uh, werewolf blood be toxic to vampires? Now the other part was what is it, it when a ghost can carry that can't carry living thing because Hal wasn't living. Yeah, like they can rent a ghost with vampires. Yeah. 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 And do you? Do you understand what he's saying on that, or do you are you still with your same opinion of of each thing? Because to me, the renter ghosting a, a dead thing, <laughs> as I'm going to put it, it was kind of set up in the episode we just saw, making history. I know it was quite put out there, so you know it was basically explained because we know what happens in the next episode. But it was kind of explained before. Even if it was maybe a bit clunky, the I think that with the toxic werewolf blood, it's not just the fact that it's about drinking it, which yes, I can understand why that'd be poisonous. But we've had moments in the past in being human history where vampires have beaten up werewolves and the blood splattered everywhere. Yeah. So I think that's, yeah. it would even if it touched their skin, you know, or you know what I mean I don't think it's just the issue that it's that it was swallowed I think it's more the the fact that it just came about very quickly and was quite a big part of series four yeah I think like because with the whole renter ghosting thing um the carrying hiding things while you're doing that that was very much introduced with like Pearl so yeah. it was sort of a new thing and Annie was just discovering it for the first time yeah whereas with the toxic fucking werewolf blood, um, <laughs> it was, yeah, you know, it, it was just this random thing that was just suddenly introduced, despite, yeah, there being a lot of, um, it not really fitting with canon previously, and I think Toby perhaps misunderstood or had forgotten precisely why fans were a bit like, what on earth, what on earth was this? Yeah, I no, I, I, I get the basic concept of if, a were if a vampire swallows yeah. to, uh, werewolf blood, yes, I I get that. I I just think it's because of like you say, it's what's gone before probably that it just felt Annie carrying Alex out, um, Hal out. Sorry, there wasn't anything any precedent before that it's contradicting. Exactly. I yeah. think I think that's probably the thing, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. Because I think, yeah, I was. No, I was going to say like especially after we've sort of all 
just quite recently rewatched series one and you see how much they beat Georgia mm. yeah, and how much blood there is and yeah that's like a direct contradiction isn't it to the toxic werewolf blood definitely I think if they'd introduced it at the beginning like we wouldn't have had any issues because it does like he's right it does make sense yeah but yeah, and also, you know, the the criticism, but he said, uh, he said some fans were like, "Oh, you're just making shit up." I mean, that's what writers do. Yeah, <laughs> that's how stories happen. Sort of thing against like the rent a ghosting back with vampires is that they only did it the once in um, the last episode of series four. I think that's something that they could have maybe yeah used once or twice again. Yeah, yeah. I do they yeah because they sort of. They have the whole thing of Annie being able to hide vampires, again, because she hides Adam. Um, but she doesn't rent a ghost with him, I don't think. I think yeah, the she only time... swaddles him. Yes, swaddles, <laughs> that's the right word. And then she just tells Alex to rent a ghost, how out of there in the last episode. Yes, yeah. Okay, uh, any more notes, Alice or Hannah? Got again on the um, online community thing, Toby oh, Toby thinking that Professor Jaggett being a werewolf was a really good idea and he wished he could have included that when he yeah. saw it on the blog. That, that is an amazing idea with hindsight, isn't it? <laughs> oh, well, just something else that I found interesting was the fact um, of Damien sort of, he kept describing how, like, good how is being, like, straight-jacketed. Mm. I think he's described him as like a straight jacketed terrified loner <laughs> yeah yeah he is actually ruby touched on whether i can't remember exactly the answer whether damien viewed as we as fans i guess call him good hal and bad hal as two different people but i can't quite remember what the answer was i think it was like a, a yes that sort of that bad hal's at ease and he's very open and yeah, and like good house is closed off, controlled person. Yeah. Because yeah, I think she um, sort of just said it was a bit like Angel in Buffy, didn't she? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, what what a fantastic role for Damien to have this as your first television role, of having all those different facets of this one character to play. I mean, it's a a perfect perfect opportunity, perfect experience. Well, I think that with both well any anything that i see the actors in being human in other things now i think they're great because they're great actors but i don't think anything they've been in since has that variety or or that depth yeah yeah Yeah, no i agree i think one thing that really came across is like all of them how i think they could have happily carried on chatting for quite a while and i just think it was clear like how much they still like to be human is like a, a job where it's a job for them, like but as a like for us like as a program how it came across. Like I think you could it seemed like they really enjoyed their time on it and that they yeah was like willing to come back as well and do a Q and A sort of ten years after it's finished. You can... I find it I find it quite amusing. But not entirely unsus- unsurprising that um both Damien and Toby, and I think maybe Jason as well, mentioned how they sort of have forgotten so much mm. of it because it's you know it's 
ten years ago now. And Whereas it's us fans were so yeah, so involved. Still, we know everything. Yes, yeah, it, it, it's work. It's work to them, isn't it? And I guess to us, we rewatch it and rewatch it and quote it and. Yeah, it's it, it's. I guess it's that difference between being the creator of something and then moving on to the next project. Or we are so attached to it, aren't we? You know, we we love other TV shows, of course. We we know we don't just watch Being Human and nothing else. That would be weird. But we we've got that attachment to it, and we've got that which creators won't do. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's like their work, and they might be a fan of the work that they've done, but they're not necessarily. They, they obviously they don't approach it in the same way as mm. as just normal fans do. Mm. But okay. go on. No, I was gonna say I think Toby sort of touched on that, didn't he? Came to when he came to chat to us afterwards, and he sort of said about somebody going head to head with the fans and being asked questions that you'd hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were all like awestruck, weren't we, a little bit? Yeah, yeah when he left, I think. A few of us just looked at each other like, did that, did that really just happen? <laughs> As the creator of that, like the show that has changed our lives, basically, just come and sat down with like, his glass of wine yeah. and just had a 20, 25 minute casual chat with us honestly like uh me and me sue and dom were outside and shoe just came out running toby's come and joined us toby's come and joined us and we're like what 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 <laughs> i can't believe as soon as you guys left you came over it was, was it really <laughs> yeah it, it was what? it was almost like you'd been watching and gone okay they've, they've gone let's, let's go over and yeah. talk to the people that aren't quite so stalkery <laughs> yeah yeah they... was genuinely so excited when um i think it was more Oh, was it? So, and I, t- I told yeah. him the name of it, and he was just burst laughing out laughing <laughs> immediately. He, he was really, he was really into it. Oh, I was thinking like earlier. I'm kind of, I'm glad that it wasn't an event where like Aiden Turner was there. Just the whole vibe of like the audience and everything. There was someone on the front row actually just before it started. A couple of women, and she looked up at the uh, screen with the picture of the three of them. She went, oh. Oh, I didn't know there'd been another cast. I was like, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, oh no. This this oh. next the next two hours of your life are gonna be very confusing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well that was like I don't know whether Lauren said to you, but before um before we came from the restaurant, there was a woman who was asking the people on the door Who was that? Um like was saying, Oh well, and what, what episode is it? Because if it's in series four or five, I'm just going to leave. I don't want to watch them. I don't like them. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. Oh, dear. Well, that's oh, what I no. just don't. Um, it's just, I don't, I don't understand like that. I can understand, you know, preferring yeah, yeah. series one to three. Um, I can understand. Yeah, I know I've got some friends who prefer series four and five. Um, although, admittedly, they seem to be in the minority. Um, but like, I just can't... I can't imagine going to a Being Human event. And surely, and does she not like, know that who who the guests are? So surely you could work out from yeah. that. Yeah, because would you not, like, check... If you've found... like I mean, you've done well to find that the event was on yeah. in the first place. Would you not have kept an eye on it? to see who was turning up and then think, oh, I don't remember these people being in, being here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Honestly, I had a moment of, oh my God. She literally looked up and just like, who are those people? I didn't know there was a new cast. <laughs> like, That's, oh my gosh. It's obviously someone who's just like, yeah, not really have, had watched the um, show, but hadn't really been invested in it. And then just thought, oh, I remember enjoying the show. It's cheap tickets. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, but uh, Ali, was it Alice that you just said, I'm glad it wasn't Aiden in a way? Yeah. Yeah, but I am because it would just it would have just been a load of twenty year old girls. Oh, I don't think it would. No, have no. I when, think it would, yeah. Like years well, ago, maybe not twenty. It was. It was a crowd of ladies that were quite in advanced age. Yeah. Okay. Oh, polled up. Polled up. Yeah. It was a polled yeah. up fans yeah. that had the full. They completely filled the queue for photo ops. Yeah. And yeah, I think it would have turned into <laughs> something very different. Yeah, that's why I didn't even. There's no point when I saw him in play about three or four years ago during the stage. So I, I, I saw the crowd in the distance. I saw Aiden come out, but there's no yeah. point because it was just all. Yeah, I suppose it wouldn't be twenty-year-old girls, but you know what I mean. It would have been that. Yeah. Chaos around it, and that's not what it's about, is it? Yeah. In the podcast first, we have our third guest in one episode. Uh, welcome to the show, Elizabeth. Hello. We are going to have a proper introduction in the next episode because you are going through Series 2, Episode 2. Yes, so you came to the BFI on the 17th of December. You were unfortunate enough to sit next to me. <laughs> uh, what I was so jealous about though because quite a few of us travelled so far and after about a five and a half hour bus journey after about two hours in London you text us and we're like well I'm just getting changed now I'm just getting ready <laughs> yeah yeah I was quite fortunate you, you left your house the latest and arrived pretty much before some other people as well yeah yeah I got to stay out late as well yeah you did what we'll uh, firstly i need to clarify before we move on in the last conversation with alice and hannah i mentioned about damien peeing blood now we didn't go back to that to clarify that and she sent a text to me later and said well you didn't actually explain <laughs> about damien peeing blood it was basically because the story was because he was drinking so much beetroot juice that is is we was coming out red. <laughs> That's it. No need to panic, guys. He wasn't ill. Yeah, that was a funny story. I've never heard that one before. No, but yeah. But, yeah, but I guess if you're doing, you don't think about it, obviously, because what they had in their glasses was so such a tiny amount. But if they're to, retaking again and again, it would be horrible. Yeah, I can't imagine that was pleasant. Just bottles and bottles of it. <laughs> Beetroot juice. Okay, um, you said you've written a few little notes a few days after. What are the things that immediately stood out for you um, from the Q&A? Well, it was just amazing to see it on the big screen. I remember getting so excited as we came into the big um, cinema and their faces were just enormous on the screen. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, and yeah. when to Toby said, it's making history, you literally yelped and punched the air. Oh, my God. I was... Yeah, I was in a really good seat. I was like in the middle and he was sort of facing. I was like, yeah, happy clapping. And yeah, I, w I think I went back about 10 years to my teenage self, just <laughs> squeeing like mad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, because 
uh, Kate Bracken couldn't make it there. We basically only really had uh, vampire representation on the panel. Yes, it was very vampire heavy. <laughs> You're not complaining though. Good. Although he did, one thing I didn't mention earlier was Toby said something very interesting about the werewolves. He said that the fact is, once they become werewolves, they are quite boring. It's it's all in the drama of leading up to it and the fo- aftermath of the fallout. But once they're werewolves, what can you do with a werewolf, really? I don't know if I agree with that. I think they made the um, the werewolves interesting. They weren't boring uh, all the time. No, I guess not, but I, I think probably what he's meaning is you're not going to get much dialogue <laughs> out of a werewolf. So once once a werewolf is let loose, it is kind of the rage and then... Oh yeah, the werewolves themselves you can't sit down and have a conversation with. <laughs> Don't even try. It's interesting hearing Toby's dissection of writing a vampire, writing a werewolf and writing a ghost. And he mentioned that writing ghosts were the most difficult aspect of of being human because he he found it very difficult to get stories out of them. Yeah, because they were invisible, he needed to bring in another ghost to for them to bounce off of. And he also said about them being um usually the ghosts are like the newbies, whereas the vampires and the werewolves had been at it for a while. So yeah. you always had to have an older ghost there for them to mentor to be mentored by. Yeah, so in the sense that, uh, obviously, Annie had Gilbert, uh, Alex had Lady Lady Mary. Mary. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think there was another case somewhere along the line. Sykes. Sykes, of course, yeah, Annie had Sykes as well. So, yeah, almost almost the teacher-pupil kind of relationship when it came to ghosts, wasn't it? Yeah. But then I guess there was a bit of that in, in werewolves. Tully... I mean, he, he was a bad teacher, but he was trying to teach George. And then with uh, Bobby, it was almost like roles reversed. Oh, yeah. Like Tom was almost teaching Bobby. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's really interesting to hear his take on things because it's quite honest just to say, I struggled writing ghosts. Yeah, definitely. Sort of, you've, he's put these rules and things in place, but then that you kind of find what the limitations are if he's trying to do it in a traditional sitcom-y kind of way then it's like oh but I can't do that because that ghost wouldn't be seen or they could they wouldn't leave the house at this point and things like that but then that putting limits on things also leads you to come up with creative ways to get around them yeah exactly so. yeah exactly when he was saying if it was written as a wholly supernatural show It'd be a very different show, but also they, you know, if you're thinking about BBC Three, they probably wouldn't have had the budget to achieve what they wanted, so it would have looked mm-hmm. pretty naff. Mm-hmm. Whereas we're basically we've got a a story that is mostly set in real life, with the occasional transformation, the occasional you know gruesome thing, but it, it's not it's not the dominant part of the story. Yes, yeah, it's like he's always said it's character driven which yeah. is I always found the bit about the werewolves weird because it's like no they've, they've still got personality um, outside of the transformation yeah of course bit. yeah yeah obviously the George's big battle was the build up and the tension of mm. of it and the, the fallout afterwards but once he's a werewolf 
short of, I mean, I guess the most drastic thing he did obviously was kill Herrick, but short of that, we didn't really get much else other than a bit of running around the woods, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else that kind of stood out to you? I did find his, the moment where he was talking about the additions to the supernatural law that they put in in Series 4. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he was like, one of them, we thought that'll be fine, and the other one, we thought, now nah, we won't get away with that. Um, and yet Damien was like, which ones were they? And the, the toxic werewolf blood was the one that they thought would be fine, but we were outraged by. <laughs> and then the other one was the um, the vampires uh, being able to teleport or run to ghosts, non-living things, which I really liked. I really liked that little bit, but they didn't think they were going to get away with it. Mm. I thought it, it logically followed on. I've, yeah, I think, yeah, I, uh, me and Hannah and Alice were talking about this and I think that kind of did make sense because they previously set it up in Series 4, early on in Series 4. It wasn't just a sudden jolt. Mm-hmm. Whereas, where do you stand now after all these years on, on the, uh, as I think Toby said himself, toxic fucking werewolf blood? <laughs> where, where do you stand on it? Do you, do you see his side? Um... <laughs> No. <laughs> I think it is. Uh, I, I like the kind of. I like that we have that reaction to it, but we still love the show anyway. Yeah. Um, and it feels like another layer. Um, but yeah, it didn't have enough of a pivotal thing in the plot to justify it being there. Like it was. Like it was set up for one sole purpose really to explain a couple of things away and then it wasn't really used again was it because it never wasn't touched on in series five yeah you just had tom with his little vials of blood but that was about it yeah i suppose yeah yeah i i think it's more or less the fact that it was so sudden we've had three we had three series where it had never been mentioned and all of a sudden we're just like what where's this come from Episode. There was a lot going on yeah. when that was revealed. And, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I guess it's the first episode of series four. There is so much going on when you hear like toxic werewolf blood is in the moment with everything else going on. You just go, oh, okay, because it was so busy and so <laughs> crazy as an episode. But I guess once the dust settled, it was a bit like, well, it's mm-hmm. it's being used as a as a get out clause almost. I really like because they didn't just show making history. They showed a snippet of Herrick's death from series yes. um, series one. That was that was really nice to see on the big screen as well, um, and to see the original trio because you had Jason Watkins there. So they need to show a bit of his. Yeah, we as were well. we were thinking, are they going to show a clip of Jason Watkins? Because it'd be a bit <laughs> a bit weird of him just being there without a clip. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I really liked, really liked seeing that scene. In fact, they did talk a lot to Jason Watkins in the beginning. Mm. Um, yeah, it was sort of all Jason and Toby. I, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but in that scene, there's they dubbed over it because he used to sing um, I See the Bad Moon Rising in that scene. Did he? Yeah. Um, and it's if you ever rewatch it, he's it, there's a bit and it's sort of 
his mouth isn't moving to the same words that he's saying, and it's um, they've dubbed over it with I see a um, a big wolf wearing to pounce or something like that. But in the original, he's saying I see the bad moon rising, and I think that must have been something to do with them not getting the rights. But it's always kind of sad that they never. But that's. I've never noticed that. You know what? I'm going to look at that. But maybe I don't. I didn't see it when it first aired, and I must have got it on DVD. So maybe on the DVD and the versions now. Yeah, it's not on. It's not fixed on the DVD. I think it was just when it's on iPlayer that it's. Um, that it's the way it was originally. That's crazy. I used to watch it a lot on iPlayer. I'm going. Well, I don't know if it'd be a right thing because obviously the episode is called Bad Moon Rising. But it was called that later. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. Um, yeah, and doesn't that song appear in series two? See, that's really interesting. Then next time I watch that episode. I am going to I'm going to check his his mouth yeah. and go. His, his voice isn't his lips aren't moving to what he's saying, and it says and I, I remember him singing "Bad Moon Rising" in that bit. That's fascinating. I never knew that. That's that's another thing. Like uh, because they were watching it on stage, and they were right underneath the screen, and they were mm. looking they were looking up, and it finished. And Jason Watkins turned around and went, "Oh, we looked a bit chinny from this angle." <laughs> It must have looked horrendous from where they were sat. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was lovely hearing like Jason reminisce with a real fondness for Herrick, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and he said he was playing a similar character. And he told me this before because I stage-doored him once, that he was playing a character at the National Theatre who was really nice but doing nasty things mm. and that he'd taken a lot of that from that character and um, used it for Herrick. So, yeah, just the doing nasty things but with a smile. There was, yeah, there was a question from an audience member that was along that line too. He kind of said, asked Damien and Jason if they'd taken anything from being human and put it into their other work or learned anything from being human, but I can't quite recall what the answers were. Yeah. That was a really good question. I, I think they kind of sidestepped it a little bit. Um, didn't think of anything exactly. No, um, nothing is not nothing specific. I think Jason was along the lines of well, I think you'd learn from anything you do, and like along the lines of you evolve anyway. And he just took that sort of idea of power um, from Herrick. He just liked that. I don't know if he's used it in any other characters. No. Um, and I think Damien just said that it was like his first role, so he was just like a sponge, yeah. learning everything. I see a lot of Herrick in Jason Watkins' performance in Nativity 2, Danger in the Manger. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen him in Nativity 2. Um, I saw him in the first one. It's a classic. Yeah, I need to... Is it too late to watch Christmas films No, now? never too late. Well, <laughs> I mean, maybe... August might be too late. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anything else? No, it was just that it was a really nice night to to catch up with all the, the bloggers, but also it felt, I think the um, cast and crew were having their own little reunion. Yeah, yeah. And it just felt 
like a kind of a reunion, sort of 10 years on reunion for us all. Yeah. It and, was lovely. And it's been a few years since I guess some of us bloggers have seen each other because of the pandemic and life getting in the way and all that kind of thing. So that, that was really good to have a catch up. And that wraps up another episode. Thank you so much for listening. Apologies if there was lots of talk about public transport and weather, but how much more British can you get? Uh, I'm coming down with a horrible cold. I'm still walking home. So I'm going to do this from memory and I'm probably going to fluff it. If you would like to become a recruit, you can like or follow the podcast on your app of choice. If you want to be an honorary old one, you can and and talk about an episode with me on the podcast you can contact me at boxtonapod at gmail.com we are on twitter and instagram and facebook as the box tunnel survivors group until next time please let me get to sleep please see you next year if i make it the box tunnel podcast and thanks